Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Zar and I'm your host. This is episode 267 and the date is 12-20-2022. And this week's guest is Michael M. Hughes, who's a writer, lecturer, teacher, occult practitioner, I suppose you could call him. Uh, I took his tarot class online and I really enjoyed it and so I thought it'd be a good excuse to have him on because I've been wanting to have him on since I way back actually when I read about him doing the bind Trump ritual and that went viral so he's a really interesting guy who had a great conversation super cool guy and uh, that's coming up Uh, my art life update let's see Um, just got done with all the holiday shipping and that's always a relief when that's done so, um, yeah, that was, that's all I've been able to do really is, is it's just been shipping this month. Um, oh, another thing that happened is, uh, the Dark Art Society YouTube channel got a thousand subscribers and, um, 4,000 watch hours. So we are officially monetized, which I'm excited about. I don't think it's going to make a lot of money but you never know uh i really was doing it to try and um get pushed up in the algorithm to get new new people new ears on this podcast because i think it's a great podcast so um hopefully that will help grow this thing and uh yeah that's pretty much all the news all the news in my life anyway um, if you want to support this podcast, you can do it at patreon.com slash darkartsociety, and you can join for as little as $1. Um, and you get your name read on the air. There's also a uh, Facebook, private Facebook group for members, and um, uh, oh, uh, uh, a Discord server, which is, you know needs more action on it but it is there <laughs> um okay new, and, and then you get your name read on the air new subscribers uh let's see here new subscribers are ryan raider thank you ryan eric blue thank you eric alex seven oh i think that's the alex seven from twitter hey alex thank you so much and Brian Wilson, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Um, if you join at the $5 level, you get entered into a drawing to win a skull from Skull Bash. My desk is falling. It's, 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 there's an avalanche on my desk. Uh, you, you, you get a chance to win a skull from Skull Shop, S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E. And here's one of their skulls. And today's the day I'm going to do the drawing for December. So here it goes. I got my hat. I got the names in here. I'm not going to look. I'm stirring around the names. And I'm just going to randomly grab one that feels good. Okay. Here it is. Son of a bitch, it's Rich Page again. <laughs> you can't have a second one, Rich. That's not fair. Okay, let me do a second one. Rich won last month. <laughs> what are the chances? Okay. 
Ben Long. Ben. Ben's a good guy. I know Ben. So that's uh, uh, happy that you get a skull. Okay, Ben Long. You're getting a free skull from Skull Shop. They make great skulls. S-K-U-L-L. Oh. S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E. And the jaw comes off, as you can see. Check it out. Looks so real. I use them for all my uh, skull reference. Um, okay, I think that covers everything. I'm trying to be more professional here and write everything down. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, let's get on with the interview. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I've got a Patreon, too, if you want to support me personally. You see all my art. I uh, For uh, as little as a dollar a month, I post everything I'm working on, and I and I post pictures as soon as... every Pretty much every day I'm working, I post a picture at the end of the day, or throughout the day. So you, you kind of get the inside scoop and all the stuff I'm working on. You get first chance at buying all new products and stuff. So it's definitely worth it if you like my work and you want to support. And that's at uh, patreon.com slash chetzar. Uh, okay, that's it. Let's get on with it. My interview with Michael M. Hughes. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Michael. Hey there. How are you? I'm doing great. I just peeled away from the January 6th uh, final hearing. I know. Unless I was like, okay. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad. <laughs> but I was like, I know I'm pulling him away from this because I would be watching it too if it wasn't for this yeah, interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm really happy to be here and appreciate the invitation. So. Oh, my pleasure. I, I thank you for coming on. Like um, I mentioned to you before we started this recording that uh i've been wanting to ask you to come on for a while but i've kind of was chicken to do it because you're kind of a legend you i mean you're the bind <laughs> trump guy come on i mean that's, <laughs> that's yeah, that... tell, my, tell my wife i'm a legend and, uh, yeah, yeah my wife's the same <laughs> my wife's the same way uh yeah there's, um so so i um i well I, I ended up taking i saw that you were offering a special on your tarot course and i've been wanting to um brush up on my tarot skills because i took uh i took some jason louv magic classes of, i don't mm -hmm. know how many years ago that mm -hmm. sort of because i've been practicing all my life in one form or another because my mom was kind of into this stuff and she was like a new ager and and i grew mm -hmm. up in the 70s and 80s so it's like we're around the same <laughs> age so you know how it is yep. um so but i just wanted to like i wanted to see okay how do you do this for, form the formal proper way to do magic you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i took some a, a bunch of classes and um the tarot was more of an introduction and and i just didn't feel like i was i don't know i just didn't feel like i knew how to do a good reading really other than mm -hmm. what everyone does which is you pull a card and then you look it up on the internet <laughs> what the meaning <laughs> exactly. is which is so different from the way you teach so um, so anyway, I took your class and I loved it. I thought it was so good that I wanted to have you on to promote it. Cause I know there's other people into this stuff that, that listen to this podcast and I think it would be really beneficial for them to check it out. So I loved it. It was so great. Wow. Thank you. Much appreciated. Yeah. It's, it really is the culmination of many, many years of teaching this stuff. Um, I started with in-person classes you know, and it would be about six or eight people, something like that. Mm. And then just as the years went on, 
I think it was a combination of kind of word of mouth, people saying they, they liked the class, but also just the explosion of popularity in tarot. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I had started, you know, I'd rent like a little space and do the class and then it got the, the numbers got to be too big for that. So I moved to uh, Johns Hopkins has this kind of advanced academics program and mm-hmm. I pitched it to them and <clears throat> we started doing it in uh, classrooms there. And then it just got so popular that we had to move into the biggest lecture hall on the Johns Hopkins campus. Wow. You know, it just blew. And then still have a waiting list of people waiting to get in. And I'm like, something's going on here. You know, it's not just me. It's not just the people like this particular class, mm-hmm. but tarot was just, it just exploded, mm-hmm. you know, and you could, you could see by looking at Instagram and things like that, like how popular it was, especially among younger people, but I was getting a lot of older people too. So there was just something in the zeitgeist was, was just bringing this art to to the attention of so many people and so many people wanting to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the, the you know there's been a, a kind of an explosion of interest in magic in general and I think it's probably because I mean what I what I've th- always thought was uh it's because people feel out of control the more insane the world gets and there's nothing left to hold on to anymore because everything's being like basically uh crumbling around us and so <laughs> all the traditional things we used to hang on to like the idea of a of a uh a, 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 a job that you're not gonna lose in a couple years or six months or a pension all these things our parents grew up with it's like there's nothing there's nothing like that yeah and it's it's all gone yeah so, so it's kind of like you know in one way it's sort of like what do we have what do we got to lose you know, try something new. But on the other hand, I, I feel like, you know, I don't know, it's a good thing for people to learn this stuff. And so perhaps that's a way that people have been pushed, pushed into um, reconnecting with this thing that we all really have inside of us. So in a way, mm-hmm. you could look at it as a positive in that way, you know? Yeah, I, I completely believe that. I also think, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have an innate or most of us, not not everyone, we're all wired very differently, but a lot of us are wired for spiritual experience, for some sort of mm-hmm. spiritual connection. And where do we get that institutionally anymore? I mean, you look at the Catholic Church, like if you like rituals, you like the incense, you like the pageantry, but you've got sex scandals. I mean, just right. in my, my home state of Maryland, there was recently uh, a new set of records is being unsealed and the catholic church is fighting to to to, against having it unsealed because it has the names of all these priests and things like that but but i think in general especially younger generations we've we've just lost our trust Mm -hmm. in in spiritual institutions and i think but people still have that urge for connection some kind of spirituality and that's why the you know that's why the unaffiliated spiritual but not religious demographic right. is, is is the largest the fastest growing demographic right now as far as religion and spirituality but the one thing i think that's different about our generation and generations after is that we don't feel the need for an intercessor between 
our connection to the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen, we know that people are fallible and, and we're okay with reaching out ourselves and connecting ourselves or learning or taking from different traditions, what we think works best for us. And I, I really believe that's what's fueling this rise in occultism and magic and tarot and things like that is that we want that connection to spirituality, but we realize we can kind of make that connection ourselves. We don't need the priest or the rabbi or the imam in between us and that power. Right. So I think that's that's really driving it, the, the belief that we can we don't need an intermediary in those connections. Like we can get in touch with our core or God or the universe. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, it's kind of like the, um, it's like the DIY approach to spirituality in a way. And if you think, you know, we're, we're, we're like Gen Xers, the latchkey kids, the ones that had to kind of figure out everything on their own, the ones that didn't wear helmets, all that stuff. We were left to our own devices to figure this stuff out or just life with our friends. And, and, and really it's kind of, um, that, that, that approach to spirituality is, is, is similar in that way where it's where we, we do it ourselves in, in the in a way, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. in line. They're, they're in line. It's in line with the DIY approach. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think our, our generation too, and I'm talking Gen X, um, you know, when, when we grew up, these things go in cycles too, you know, like magic and tarot and things like that. We grew up in a historical cycle where, in search of with Leonard Nimoy, you know, about yeah. the last monster. It was mainstream. It was totally like a mainstream thing back when we were kids. And, and, you know, we only had a few channels to select from. So naturally, like that was the stuff that got me. Mm -hmm. And there were, you know, mass market paperbacks. My old man was into like UFOs and ghosts and all that mm -hmm. stuff. You could just go to a store and pick books off a rack. Yeah. Um, co covering all this stuff, you know, chariots of the gods and yeah. all that, all that thing. And it was, it was so mainstream. Like, I just feel like I was stewed in it. Um, right. and, and it was everywhere. And then it kind of, then it kind of went away. Like the new age sort of took over in mm -hmm. the eighties and nineties. Um, but that, that occultism thing is kind of rolling around again. And, you know, with the big, the real explosion of magic and tarot and occultism when it really flowered. And then, you know, it got transmogrified in the 1970s. And then the new age came along and I feel like we're back on that cycle of more magically oriented stuff that, that people are interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm sure the internet has something to do with it as well, but, but, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, uh, how did you, you know, obvious question, but I'm curious, it's how did you first get, you know, you kind of alluded to the fact that you grew up in it. Like I did where's Ouija boards. Everyone did the Ouija board. It's, uh, <laughs> my goddaughter was over the other day and she was saw a Ouija board in my studio. And she's like, do you do Ouija board, the Ouija board? And I was like, yeah, we used to, all, all of us used to do it when we were younger than you. And she was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's like every, that was like a normal game for us. Exactly. Everybody had one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or at least in my neighborhood. Right. Um, yeah. Probably not in the deep, deep south or something. But, yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe. You know. Um, so is that how kind of how you got into it? Just like everybody yeah. did or but but how yeah. did other people, though, went, our age got, uh, went through that, but they didn't 
necessarily follow through and do it their entire lives. So how did you keep it going, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like you said, I mean, I had a Ouija board. Um, I I was a weird kid, you know. I, <laughs> I, I was always into monsters and... Uh, you know, love to just watch the late night horror movies yeah. the, on the universal horror movies and stuff like that. And it just, I don't know, you know, I'm like, I was talking about before people wired for certain things. I just feel like I was wired for that. Like even, yep. even if I would watch something or read a book that would terrify me and I'd lie awake at night. Like I like that feeling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm scared to death, but this is cool. Yeah, you know? it's a I, li- I like being scared. <laughs> and, you know, I was brought up Catholic. So there's all that, you know, I, I, I always love like the incense and the candles and the pageantry mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, not necessarily the dogma, you know, as soon as I kind of found out what was behind it all, I, I left it, mm-hmm. left it behind. Um, but I, I was fascinated by just, I mean, I also felt like I had a strong kind of spiritual streak. Mm-hmm. I was really into um, like self hypno. I found a self hypnosis book when I was a kid, and I, I did this exercise where I hypnotized myself and made my arm kind of lift up <laughs> on its own. And I'm like, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened. Like, I'm not trying to lift it, but yeah. It's- I, in the air. I did. I did. I. It's so funny. It's like we had such similar lives. I because I've I've said this a million times on the podcast. Because I, I take it from this dark artist approach, like monster people. That that's just the the angle of the uh, the podcast. And we and we go into spirituality and stuff because that's what I'm. I'm also interested in that. But I always say that it's like dark art people. People like monsters. There, it's like we're wired that way. It's like being gay or something. Mm-hmm, it's like you're mm-hmm. just that. That's just how you are. It's like our mm-hmm. brains are just like that for whatever reason. But it's so funny. Then you mentioned the uh, the hypnosis thing. It's like my mom did that to me. <laughs> she oh, she hypnotized wow. me because she got into it for a while. And I remember that moment where my arm lifted up. I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> so you yeah. did it to yourself. That is so cool. Yeah, it was it was really mind blowing. Um, and. Well, my, my father was, um, like I said, he was into like the weird stuff, Mm -hmm. monsters and UFOs and ghosts and everything. He was also like real hardcore Catholic, you Mm -hmm. know, like church every Sunday kind of guy and things like that. But he got into transcendental meditation too. And he would like meditate all the time. So I was always fascinated by that, but just, I was also felt like I was like a natural mystic kind of kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I could just zone out and go places in my mind and, or just lie on the ground and look up at the sky and just kind of, you know, just leave my body and things like that. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff felt natural. Um, And then, you know, I, 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 um, one of my high school teachers gave me an Alan Watts book, you know, and then my, you know, my yeah, mind. Yeah. Ex- I was exploded. huge. Alan Watts was my guy too. It was like, that was the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. And, and I mean, that was just such a mind blowing thing. So, you know, I kind of had an accelerated path through sort of like the supernatural and then sort of mysticism and, um, but what the what really I think triggered the magic, and I always sort of believed in magic, you know. I would always do these little. I didn't understand what I was doing, but I would do like these little tricks. Like if I can do this, if I can kick this rock, yeah, or get it get it in that <laughs> sewer grate, like 
but in four kicks, something good will happen yep. today. Weird. Like, I don't know why I totally, did that. I totally. just, it just felt. I just, still do that. Yeah, yeah, second, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm like, so magic just felt real. It, it didn't feel, and, you know, even like prayer. Like, I remember the first time I think magic became real to me, there was this girl I liked. I can't and, believe you're um, saying this. You're telling, oh, you're really? telling wow. my story. Oh, crap, go, ahead, go ahead. I'll follow up with my um, version. <laughs> so I think it was like the fourth grade or the fifth grade. And we and we were we were going to um I think it was like a concert, like a classical music thing or the nutcracker or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like so in love with this young girl. And um I was I just I prayed because it was like, you know, Catholic boy. So I, I said, I'm gonna pray like a hundred our fathers and you know 40 hail marys that i get to sit next to her that at this concert because that was like the most incredible thing i could think of was to sit next to this girl michelle right. you know <laughs> and holy shit man sure enough the next day we're like the teachers kind of like putting us in line and she lines me up right next to her and i went <laughs> i just my i was just my mind was blown i'm like that really worked. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so what's your story? Who was it, it your, was um, it was so? it was seriously, it was I'm pretty sure it was fourth grade. It was right oh, wow. around there. It was some girl I liked who I, I you know, and I was like a, a weirdo kid also. Um short, you know, sh shortest kid in the class. Um uh and, and so I was like, I would every night I would pray, let Leah Russo love me. Let, let Leah Russo fall in <laughs> love with me. <laughs> every night like because oh, i was so man. in love with her and it was so unlikely because it was like it just didn't seem like there was a chance in hell because of i don't know <laughs> why it just didn't seem like it was possible because i wasn't popular and she was kind of mm -hmm. popular and mm -hmm. uh and then she did she she liked me and then we became boyfriend and girlfriend for like two days and then i chickened out kissing her at the jack-in-the-box <laughs> after school and then she dumped me <laughs> oh man but it was like it it really, I you know, I was praying so hard, and it really worked. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. But, but, I guess it wasn't, um, you know, like again, I had that same feeling, like magic was real. Plus, my mom mm -hmm. was into it, and mm -hmm. she always, mm -hmm. since I was little, and, and there was always like a ghost in the house. My sister used to see weird stuff, so it mm -hmm. was definitely part of my my up upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, in a way. And, but they, but my mom was also kind of like, she was a teacher at an Episcopalian school. So there was mm -hmm. that influence mm -hmm. as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, religious, we weren't super religious, but it's like, you know, we were considered Christian in the way everybody, mm -hmm. every white person in the 70s was kind of considered christian uh, right for the most right. part you know wasps mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but but not super i always say my my uh biggest exposure to religion was jesus christ superstar which we watched every year <laughs> oh yeah oh man loved it <laughs> it's, yep. a, it's such a great movie I always, I was an actor, so I always fantasize like, man, maybe one day I'll be Jesus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus Christ Superstar. I just couldn't sing. That was the problem. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I totally relate, totally relate. And and I'll, mm -hmm. also always I had those, um, those tendencies where stuff, you know, weird stuff started happening to me around age, I think right around the time I hit puberty, 
Like mm-hmm. I started having out of body experiences and I still have mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. like, you know, where you fall asleep and you're floating mm-hmm. around and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, uh, anyway, back to you, but I just thought that was yeah. un- no, another, another common, common thread here. We're like, that's wild, man. We're like <laughs> brothers the from same life. Mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well I had, now that you bring that up, I had kind of weird experiences a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. I remember like lights being in my room and things like oh, that. Wow. And um, there were instances where I remember like my parents were sitting out in the hallway watching our old black and white TV. And I remember walking down like my bedroom was at the end of the hallway and I would be just kind of walking down the hall and seeing some light in my room and I would just fall down and like go unconscious, like sort of Whoa, like pass really? out. And then I, and my, it, you know, my parents are like eight feet away watching TV. And then I remember like getting up, not knowing how much time had passed and just being confused. Like, you, you know, I just fell down and went, unconscious in the hallway and my parents didn't even seem to notice and it, you know, <laughs> so, so it was and what was the the worst of all was i woke up and i didn't have any history of like sleepwalking or anything like that but one i remember waking up at the foot of my basement stairs and like this you know the scariest thing in the world for a kid is to be in a dark oh my basement, god you know by yeah. yourself i just remember like waking up and realizing where i was just like hightailing it upstairs so scary like, you know yeah 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 so when you know so when i start reading about like ufo abductions and all that stuff i was like this is this is really creepy it kind of fits this you know right. narrative but i never wanted to like attach it to that narrative especially mm-hmm. because i've read so much i even had bud hopkins the U- ufo mm-hmm. guy um, he even invited me up to New York once. He's like, come on up, you know, we'll do some hypnosis and see what happened to you. And I just said, nah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I kind of, I, because I think I've absorbed so much of that folklore right, that yeah. I could confabulate that that's what happened. And I don't want to be like the guy who was abducted by aliens. You know, I'd right. rather, <laughs> I'd sort of rather have it as a, as, as a mystery, but, but it did have lots of weird stuff. Like that happened. I think I created a tulpa once really? by by making up a ghost. Um, I made up this this imaginary ghost named Boogman. I don't know where I got the word the word Boogman. <laughs> kind of like Boogeyman, I guess. You know <laughs> what age is this? Yeah, and well, this was probably this was in elementary school, so it was probably in fourth, fifth, sixth grade or something. So and I funny. made up this ghost, and I had these friends and i would tell them stories about the ghost and when something weird would happen i'd say oh yeah that's boogman you know he just (laughs) did that and i'd make up these stories about about him being you know being around and things happening and stuff like that and these other kids started really believing it and as a matter of fact there's one kid I've I've tried to look him up because I know he believed this at least into like junior high school. And I kind of want to get in touch with him and say, I'm sorry, I made that up, you know, because then he start he would say, guess what? This happened to me. And, oh, my. you know, and crazy. it just it was like this. It was like this spread of, you know, this contagion, mental contagion thing. And more than one person, you know, years into this thing 
would say, yeah, you know, this happened yesterday and that, that was him. And, wow. um, and I, and by then I, f- I felt too guilty. You know, I didn't want to say, Hey guys, I, I just kind of made all this shit up. <laughs> so you had to um, keep playing. So along. I had to keep going because <laughs> I, I felt like I would disappoint them at that point. Um, so that was, you know, uh, weird, weird stuff. I, I just, you know, I filled my head with weird stuff and then weird stuff really happened. And then when I was about 11 or 12, um, my my aunt um, gave me a gift. She would go to the, it was like this weird kind of second rate, like Kmart store called Two Guys mm. in Maryland. And they just whatever like the other stores couldn't get rid of, they dumped it in this weird department store. And she she found a deck of tarot cards and it was the James Bond 007 tarot deck. Mm, yeah, I and heard you it, talk it, about that. So it funny. came with it came. It was a set. So it came with this sheet you would you would lay out and it had it had like the Celtic cross, um, you know, spots on it and writing on it. So you could just take the cards and put them down on this like layout sheet and to learn how to do tarot. And that was where I just like, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, that just to, on, and, a, on a side note, that is the most 70s thing in the world. <laughs> Two, totally. Tarot and James Bond together. That's the I 70s know. in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was from Live and Let Die. And I remember like I was I don't know if I was more drawn to the cards or to the picture of like Jane Seymour's cleavage. You know, It was like it was a battle in my mind over what was the most compelling thing. And. Um, so I started using these cards and, you know, I wish I could go back and apologize to the people I read for, because like you were saying earlier, I would take the card out, I'd put it on the layout, I'd read what that, that spot in the Celtic cross meant. Uh And I'd open the book and read all the things that it said about the card. And I mean, it's just hard, but luckily I had nice friends and family and they just, they just endured it, you know, kindly, <laughs> graciously dealing with my my boring them to tears. But I still have that deck, you know. That's it's so cool. It's, it's been with me since the seventies, since I was a kid. And over the years, you know, I'd I'd take it out once in a while and play with some cards and things like that. Um, but it wasn't really until like my thirties, really, that I re-engaged mm. and then it like the it just everything just clicked like i used to do readings for people with a few cards here and there but i really just like i started to to get it mm-hmm. it started to really work for me and then i just went you know i bought every tarot book i could find i bought tons of decks and that's what led me to magic um that oh, okay. re, reacquainted me with magic and right. i always tell people tarot is like the gateway drug to magical practice and uh i discovered the golden dawn i had like um uh craig's book on modern magic Mm -hmm. you know started made all my golden dawn implements and tools and things like that and really just like got immersed and actually before that i discovered chaos magic Mm -hmm. online yeah in the 90s and that blew my mind. I started doing sigils. And I'm like, this this is this this works. Right. This, yeah. <laughs> this is and I've wildly enough, um, because of a girlfriend of mine dragged me to well, she didn't really have to drag me to the disinformation con. Oh, really? In New York City. 
Yeah, so I watched Grant Morrison up there, like talking about sigils. The, Were you the, at that one? That I was there. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, How yeah. amazing and is that? Wow. So, yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this guy is talking about sigils, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that that video has been viewed probably you know a million times by now and, and introduced so many people mm -hmm. to magic just you know it was a great fortuitous thing um that yeah. i was there for that so i'd already experimented with sigils and chaos magic techniques and stuff like that but the golden dawn i really like went deep into the golden dawn you know i had the golden dawn tarot deck i had all my working tools and i was working my way you know up through you know self-initiation mm -hmm. through the cicero's book and stuff like that it just i mean it was just my life like it it was all consuming this wow. magical practice practicing every day things like that you know i had all the rituals memorized and all mm -hmm. and um but then something kind of i i, I remember exactly what it was i'm also a mason so i was at this masonic event mm -hmm. And there was a rabbi speaking about Kabbalah and, and we just started talking about it. And I said, yeah, yeah, I love the Kabbalah. And he's like, that's not the Kabbalah. You know, he's like, that's, that's Christianized mm. kind of ripped off and appropriated Kabbalah. Right. He's like, yeah, if you want to, if you want to study that, like you should study with a rabbi, like don't, right. don't study what these guys took and, and made up stuff about he's like if you really want to study it so and and it really just you know for years i had been immersed in the tree of life and where the tarot cards fit on it and you know what the paths mean and the psychological model i mean just you know that was that was the framework of all the magic that mm -hmm. i did and i'm like man what if this what if there's another way of doing this you know? <laughs> what if what if the foundation of this is just a whole bunch of like esoteric masons kind of made this stuff up right uh and so i i was like what i'm just maybe i'm just spinning my wheels with this 19th century magical system that has like a flimsy base mm -hmm. so i said all right i'm gonna stop this i'm gonna start at the beginning i'm gonna teach myself magic by starting at the beginning okay so like i went back to the very beginning and and started reading academic text on egyptian magic greek magic so just magic in general yeah. from yeah, all different yeah, cultures yeah. and stuff right and i'm like i'm gonna start from the beginning and i'm gonna work my way up to the present and try to find the currents try to find the template that sort of underlies wow. all of that, including, you know, folk magic traditions, mm -hmm. shamanic traditions, things like that. And I thought if magic is real, um, if, if there is something to this, then there should be some underlying principles that I can sort of grab a hold of right. from all these traditions. Most of what I read was like academic books and, um, you know, I had also, I guess, part of my journey was like in the 90s, I met a witch in an occult store. So I started doing Wicca. She gave me Scott Cunningham's Wicca Guide for the Solitary Practitioner. Mm -hmm. And I started doing like, you know, just basic Wicca style witchcraft. And that didn't really click, you know, that that like I I got it. I understood it. But it, that the aesthetic didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Um 
So what I did over the years is just studied magic, studied witchcraft, studied occultism, and tried to form like my own practice out of this, like my own, you know, I hate to say generic because that makes it sound really bland, but more like a core set of principles and techniques and things. And that that's what I've been doing. And that's, but all that time, the tarot has been my companion. And, right. And I love divination. I've used the I Ching. Mm -hmm. I got into geomancy a few years ago, which is like absolutely mind blowing. Really? Um, never, that's yeah, the one uh, I've never tried. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed very difficult to me. And then um, the guy, Sam Block, I saw a talk he did. Polyphanes, is, uh, he is on Twitter. Mm hmm I encourage everyone to follow him. It's amazing. He's got it. Um, the Digital Ambler, I believe, is his uh, his uh, oh, okay. website. Cool. And it's just got incredible geomancy resources on it. But I saw a talk he did where he explained it in a way I hadn't heard it explained. And it's just been revelatory. Like, mm. And it's, it's older than tarot. You know, it's a very, right. very old system. And it has parallels. It basically spread through. It may have come from Africa. So wow. like Ethan. Ifa divination it it really has a lot of correspondences with a lot of african divination traditions mm. too but it's western you know it be became a western um divination right uh tool but but that that was but you know tarot has always drawn me back like there's something about it there's something about the imagery there's something about the structure of it and the fact that it came from just a gambling game yeah is to me, that makes it even more special than if it came from ancient wisdom or yeah. something like, like people used to believe. Yeah. And, and over time, I've 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 come to see the tarot as sort of a self-contained magical system unto itself. Like there's a depth to it. The more you engage with it, the more you can get from it. And yeah. that that's that's kind of where my um my teaching is going now. That's kind of where my thinking and my experimentation is, is going now. Yeah. I can't wait for that to come up on the, cause I got, I got the, I got the deal with the, uh, future, future classes. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's great. You know, I, I, I wanted to reward the people because a lot of people bought the tarot course and, you know, sight unseen mm -hmm. and, um, because I like pre-sold it as I was making it. So I wanted to reward folks who had given me that trust, you know, right. who, who, who at least thought, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Maybe this will be worth um, the cost and the time involved. So I wanted to reward them. So I kind of said, I'm just going to make everyone who buys the course within this time period, like a member, you know, and then right. you'll just get all of the forthcoming courses and also as a way to build a community and make people feel like they're engaged yeah, yeah. with oh, others. It's, yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's it was it's a great deal. So I was uh, stoked. So I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. about the, the, the new stuff. I'm still going through the main course. I did one run through where I didn't take any notes where I just watched it. Most of the stuff, most of the classes I take, I listen to them while I'm painting because it's like I Mm -hmm. I need to, I like that because I, it's weird. Painting such a weird process for me that I don't want to really be thinking about what I'm doing. So it's like, that's why I either watch like old 
documentaries or old horror movies. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. have them on the background <laughs> while I paint or like stuff that I'm interested in listening to podcasts or, or, or magic uh, lectures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I did my first run through and I've just started going through and doing my, taking my notes of every card and everything. And um, I, do, I do have to say I did my first uh, reading for myself because I do part mm-hmm. of my practice is I do um, uh, the LBRP meditation mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. tarot pole, you know, just mm-hmm. as a basic, mm-hmm. basic daily thing. And mm-hmm. um, I usually just do one. I, I was doing for a long time, one card from the, the major arcana or however you pronounce it. Arcana, mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce it? Arcana? Arcana. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, I did the three card spread instead of all the cards. And uh, I got such a crazy accurate reading for that day. It was so weird. And it was, it was the way that you had suggested um, reading it. You know, it was like mm-hmm. looking at them as as a story and as a picture. And it's like, oh, it just clicked. Like, oh, mm. that's so exactly what's going on today. I just know it. It was that's like I just kind of knew. Yeah, it was so cool. So uh, I'm I'm excited to just continue and and learn learn more because I'm still you know, uh, I I still I still I need to, I want to go through everything and and mm-hmm. take my notes and really kind of do it proper. But regarding your, your, your practice, um, <clears throat> in a way it's kind of a chaos magic approach, I guess, because you're mm-hmm. sort of throwing, you're, you're taking out of all the different, uh, systems, you're kind of taking what you see as the through lines in all of mm-hmm. them and sort of putting them together personally for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of the chaos term, though. I feel like that's that's so associated with certain. I know it's funny practices, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's and chaos. The word just has never really fit, even though it was certainly doing, you know, what was considered chaos magic. I like to call it experimental magic, mm-hmm. and. I also try to avoid, I mean, there's certain pitfalls, you know, there's like appropriation, which I'm very conscious of, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to like say, oh, I'm taking this, you know, Lakota magical th- tradition right. and making it mine, things like that. You know, I want to respect like cultural boundaries mm-hmm. and things, but magic has always been promiscuous and people have always taken from different places and things like that. So I try to avoid appropriation and more just sort of understand that, like you said, the through line is a really good, is a really good term. Like, you know, even if you boil it down to, is this like sympathetic magic? One of the, one of the, I think the most fascinating practices as far as magic goes, like hoodoo and conjure, um, because it was a magic of necessity. It was a magic where, you know, you couldn't have your elaborately painted staff and swords mm-hmm. and things, you know, you had to use paper and, you know, it was, it, it was enslaved people mostly practicing this, this sort right. of magic. They, they had nothing to work with except the stuff around them. Right. And that fascinates me. And, um, and, you know, that became, that became associated with, you know, like Jewish magic and Christian magic and all that, just this big melting pot. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, like it, it made me that sort of magic, I think, working with what you have at hand. Yeah. And not not feeling like you need all these complicated tools and, and things. So 
I, I really believe, and I, I say this in my, in my courses and things like magic is our birthright. You know, everyone has this available. It's been mm -hmm. part of every tradition and there's always some sort of folk magic associated with every culture. And that's natural because we're like magical creatures. We do this right. just like we, we do other kinds of culture. And I feel like what's happening now is people are realizing that, you know, we're pretty sophisticated creatures and we're very good at scientific things. We're very good at materialism, but a lot of people are realizing that we can be that way, but also practice magic. It's just the right. other side of the coin. It's they're not antagonistic. It, what fascinates me is a lot of the people I see drawn to magic, the people that take my courses, people I meet and talk about it are like are scientists. And oh, really? That, yeah. Yeah. So the idea that people who are, you know, deeply immersed in science and do it as they're just so many of them are intrigued by magic that's and practice great magic yeah so i feel like culturally we're excuse me i feel like culturally we're getting to a point where that there's not that antagonism anymore between right. believe you know believing like yeah yeah i'm gonna go get my covid shot um and i believe in western medicine but i also might do some sort of you know internal energy work right yeah uh yeah i guess he... there's just yep oh i'm sorry i'm sorry you froze, no, go ahead. You go froze ahead. for go a ahead. second so i thought you were paused <laughs> oh no no go go for it uh uh yeah i just i it's you know there's still the there's still the hardcore atheistic uh materialist type Mm -hmm. worldview going on but i i just that's um I, i'm glad to hear that that you do have people in the sciences that are interested because i yeah. wasn't really aware that um that was happening although it makes sense yeah i really do feel like there's a there's a change in in consciousness um where where we can accept the reality of of both yeah and and apply them as necessary in those domains of of our lives but still have a you know a deeply spiritual and ultimately to me i've never felt a disconnect between the two anyway if something is discovered scientifically that contradicts something i believe magically then i'll go with the science right. it's it's really not it's not a problem right <laughs> um, there's and there's there's just such a depth of human experience that you know our imaginations our consciousness that exists you know outside of that scientific materialist realm and mm -hmm. doesn't need to be explained by that right you know we don't have to scientifically explain our imagination you know it's a world unto itself yeah. and that's that's how magic works magic works through the imaginative capacity. I think that's, that's really the key. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. It's such a trip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, regarding the, the chaos magic moniker, uh, you, you know, Mitch Horowitz, Mitch. Horowitz? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sure he, do. He's great. Um, mm -hmm. he, uh, I like his, his terminology. Uh, he calls it 
archaic magic. He calls his own practice archaic because he's doing the same, pulling from whatever traditions make sense mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that archaic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good term too. Uh, you know, he's very into new thought, mm -hmm. and uh, I really like that he's you know kept that stream that current alive. Um, yeah, he's a, he, he's a terrific guy. I, I really enjoy, um, you know, everything that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that, that was kind of like my, um, my upbringing was in sort of new thought because, mm -hmm. uh, my, my mom and my stepdad, my mom was, she was, my mom and my stepdad were into science of mind. Ernest mm -hmm. Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, so I remember that and the, the all, all of that stuff being around. And then my stepdad was a meditator also. He, oh, would, cool. he was like mm -hmm. a Zen, he would, uh, he was into Zen mm -hmm. big time Buddhism and, uh -huh. yeah. and every, you know, I was like a night owl that would, I'd be up all night doing drawing during the summers and I would be going to bed at like five in the morning <laughs> and he'd be up meditating. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so we'd just like say hi, say goodbye, uh, uh, on the way to bed. Um, yeah, so that's really interesting. So you have like a, you have a, uh, I mean, you're a serious scholar to have studied all of that stuff. So I think that's really, uh, I'm excited to be able to know you because you know so much stuff about that. So I, do you feel like like what are the through lines? What are the main that what are the what what did you find if you can say what what did you find are the like the common thread um, between them all yeah um wow that is a big topic um, okay we don't have to get too far into no <laughs> no that's that's okay no no there's i mean really you know sympathetic magic obviously um sympathetic magic yeah. meaning like uh creating like a a, a doll to represent exactly something that you, yeah okay yep um like contagion the idea that you know if you have someone's fingernail clippings you know you can i, I mean i don't do that sort right. of thing but <laughs> but just that um that that there's an energy that in physical items you know somehow um that can connect you with the source things mm. like that that's mm. why i think you know if if uh you know john lennon's guitar would fetch so much money not that it's a valuable item unto itself what it's made out of but it's got this aura you know and right. has this magical air surrounding it because mm. it was it was employed to make magic right. and again the the imaginative faculties um the fact that we can that our met so much our imagination can make real things you know it's uh it's what fuels everything that we do you know when you make something when you paint something and it's just you're like where did that come from yeah and, you know that's like that's cool that's real that's something right there's, there's a there's an energy to that or there's you know you paint a monster and it has it has a personality it has mm -hmm. it's it's its own entity things like that yeah. so really the imagination and honestly what i think happens with most people who engage in magic is you you realize you can make change in the world through doing these little rituals and things and you can bring things into your life you can move things out of your life but ultimately it's about 
finding out who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. like, like at the, at the, um, the, uh, the Oric, the, sorry, stumbling a little bit here, <laughs> um, at Eleusis, the Oracle, mm-hmm. the, the Eleusinian mysteries, like what was engraved atop was know thyself. And that's really the core, I think. The the longer you practice magic, the less it becomes about making things in the world bend to your will. Right. Versus sort of like getting to know yourself and making yourself better. And maybe that's where, you know, Mitch Horowitz would probably come in and say, exactly, that's kind of new thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for me, it becomes more about like doing magic to understand myself better so that I can be better in the world mm-hmm. and less about like, man, I really would like some extra money in my bank account. Right. Or, <laughs> wow. I really love that chick. I, I wish <laughs> she, she would think I was the coolest guy in the world. So I'm going to, you know, that, that sort of thing, that sort of manipulating the outer world has its purpose, you know, and definitely mm-hmm. has its purpose when, if you're suffering or, or you're, you know, you're marginalized, your population. Again, that's why I think magic takes root in a lot of cultures that are marginalized mm, and, yeah. and, and oppressed and all that. But it, you know, once, if you're pretty okay with your day-to-day life, I think magic really becomes about understanding yourself. And that's why in my tarot classes, like there used to be this, I used to hear, Oh, you can't read for yourself, you know, never read tarot for yourself. Like that's oh, really? the most insane <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's, it's, of course you read for yourself. Like, first of all, how do you understand reading for other people if you can't interpret for yourself? And, and also how it, it's an exercise in learning how not to fool yourself, how not to let wishful mm-hmm, thinking right. in interact with yeah. what you're, because, you know, you'll put down a card and, and you'll try to make it good you know you'll try to make it me sorry bump my microphone you'll try to make it um you know what you want right versus what it's telling you or yeah. what, what you know and then you put it and, back in you're like i'm gonna try one more time and it gives you the exact yeah, same let me card. draw I've another one let, let me draw another one i've had so, that like three times before where it's like of course three yeah. times after shuffling it gives me the same card I'm like all right whatever uh, I, I, <laughs> speaking of that i mean it, just uncanny stuff yeah, happens yeah. magic and for me it was a period of a couple of months i would do like a daily draw you know like like you were talking mm-hmm. about um or sometimes you know every other day or something like that over and over and over out of a completely shuffled deck the death card was coming up and uh, it's good thing. I'm not like a superstitious person or I would have been like hiding in my basement, but I mean, again and again and again, till I would sit down with my cards and shuffle them and just start laughing and go, mm. you know, if the death card comes up this time, like this is the most unexplainable thing because the odds are yeah. so against it. And damn, if it wouldn't be the death card again, I'm like, what does this mean? And I tried to think, does it mean I'm going through some transformation? Is it telling me this is telling me that. And finally, like the only answer I could come up with is it's just, it's just messing with like the terror is just messing with me. You know, it's like a trickster thing or something, but it was uncanny. 
you know, and, and I would shuffle and I'd stop and I'd think, okay, I'm going to shuffle three more times, you know, <laughs> and one more time. And it's can't be there now. And I turn over the top card and it would be the death card, you know? So there's, there's like this trickster element there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That, that, that's a, that's such a great point that that is that that's like a, a characteristic of the magical spirit i guess you could say for for sure and, and sometimes it is that you know the cosmic giggle or whatever you call it like the <laughs> wink or acknowledgement like hey what's up <laughs> you know like yeah. and, and it's the same with synchronicities and stuff that happen that are just like well you know you feel like you're you're in a simulation or you're you're crazy i remember uh, yeah. in an airport one time i was reading a, a magazine uh waiting uh, for my flight and as I was reading a line in the magazine, the guy on the TV show said the exact same series of <laughs> words in sequence at the same time I read them. It was like, <laughs> oh, it was just like, you know, how this stuff happens. And it's just like, yeah. wait a minute. What? <laughs> I, I, I was I was going to bring up synchronicity, too, because it's the same thing. Like, for, there are lots of books and lots of teachers and people who talk about synchronicity is like it's guidance, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like look for the message that you're on the right path or something right. like that. I feel like it's more, um, it's more just like a joke sometimes, mm -hmm. or like the universe having fun with right. us, or right. like the skipping of a record, um, or like you know the simulation idea. I'm glad you brought that up because I like I don't buy into the literal computer simulation right. idea but it's a great metaphor right uh, it's like if we live in an information universe then why wouldn't information like constellate or bump up against itself sometimes right. things like that for sure so it really makes a lot of sense that and as a metaphor for for the universe that it is kind of simulation and then you, you can go down like into the Vedanta and things like that, where right. it's all an illusion, yeah, you know, yeah. things like that. Like going back to that Alan Watts book that, you know, like blew my mind. But for me, it's, it's not necessarily like you have to look at each synchronicity as a message or right. that it, ha it has information that you need to follow. Yeah. Just like celebrate it. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this, this, the, the universe is a weird place. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? That's, how does this happen? <laughs> you know? That's a that's a good that's a good attitude to have. I, I've always felt like because I've had them uh randomly and I've had them mm -hmm. when I was on the right path. Like mm -hmm. I like I specifically was doing something new and unusual that I felt like I was sort of being guided down. And I so I feel like they can be they can be it can be a signpost, but mm -hmm. it can also just mm -hmm. be a random thing, which makes it even more like wacky and unpredictable because it's like how do you even know which one is get you know it's the the, the trickster yeah. thing and it's like how can you tell if how much weight to put on uh it so <laughs> you know what i mean it's agreed like, yeah yeah and, there and, have been and, ahead, I'll, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry the, also i was gonna say regarding this the simulation idea i totally agree and um it makes me think of the idea that okay these are metaphors for something that can't be described and like all good metaphors, it's our best estimation of something that we can't describe. So as a metaphor for, yeah, it's like just like the the idea that, uh, um, you know, reality is like a game 
it's a cosmic game or we're all actors mm-hmm. in the drama of life or mm-hmm. or the simulation. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like that, but we can't totally get what it is. So it's not exactly that, but it's the, it's right. the best best estimate we got or or yeah you know what i mean <laughs> right right and is it a useful metaphor right right yeah, that, it, that's the way i look at yeah at all magical practice is it useful yeah right. is it a, a useful way of looking at life does it make our lives richer does right. it make it more interesting and you know i've gone through waves of synchronicities like there was a period yeah. in my 20s where I mean, I kept a little journal and I look back and read this journal. Like, I can't believe I that this stuff happened, you it's know, where it'd be like what I used to call a cascade of synchronicities where one would sort of trigger another. Right, right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because at that point in my life, I was like developing a certain way or extra conscious or something, but it does come in waves, you mm-hmm. know, it comes and goes. It feels like there's a there are periods and also talking about it tends to trigger it, which mm. is, which is interesting to me because the more like if I read about synchronicity or talk a lot about synchronicity, then it starts just kind of popping up right yeah. and left. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, it's, it's, it's an indication to me that the universe is magic. It's yeah. not just a sterile collision of atoms and subatomic particles, you know, and the consciousness is vital. The consciousness, I mean, I feel like, divination has taught me that too that the universe is kind of made of information it is like a an an informational matrix and i think what divination is is like kind of looking at the code you know Mm, or 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 kind of pulling pulling something out of or like code breaking um you know where we're sort of like we're we're cryptographers and that act of for me, divination is like a combination of things. I tried, I think one of the things that, one of the best things that's come out of my study is is this like little equation I put together about, about divination, which kind of applies to synchronicity too, is that when you take consciousness and you add randomness and symbols, like potent symbols of some sort, and you bring randomness to those symbols and you bring your conscious attention to it. Like good information comes out, useful mm, information yeah. comes out. And I feel like that's the root of all forms of divination hmm. is just taking some sort of symbolic system and scrambling it up and taking pieces from that. Right. And that's what I think of as sort of like code breaking as as a way of like, taking that information universe somehow randomness is is necessary right and consciousness is necessary because if a bunch of tarot cards are lying on a table there's that's no meaning there but when our consciousness comes and looks at them so so that's for me that's that was like this you know eureka moment um yeah that's a cool uh that 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 just sort of like made made me so much more um, a believer in the idea that like information is the the building those that's the building blocks of reality right and div- divination is a way of kind of making sense of pulling sense out of that if that if that makes any sense oh yeah totally and, mm-hmm. and you know in a sense also like results magic is a way of rewriting the code too 
You know, exactly. Like getting yeah. in there like hacking, hacking yeah, into yeah. it, which is right, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. But that that's one thing I love about um, art and painting or whatever art that you do, writing, uh, uh, music, whatever. Um, what I what I find is is that um, it it it's I still have a hard time like fully understanding it, but it is a form of magic where you're it's like it's uh you're like because you're just made me think because you're saying you know consciousness and randomness is divination results in divination Mm -hmm. or can Mm -hmm. result in divination and Mm -hmm. when creating a piece of art it's like i'm putting my conscious attention i'm using random symbols to just you know especially with the art i do which is not like i'm not i'm trying to access my subconscious and not put too much intentional meaning because i get a more mm-hmm. powerful meaning at the end that way mm-hmm. if, if there's a weird process of letting go of what you're you know staying out of the way of the muse or whatever and letting it tell you what it wants to be and then you are the servant of this piece of art that wants to be expressed and yep. if you do it well and stay out of the way you end up learning something about yourself or about the world. That's the other weird thing is that you can um, create something that ends up coming true in the future, which is, yeah, you know, you know yeah. that's totally trippy. So it's like a way, like you're saying, it's sort of like a, uh, a way of like seeing behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah, you know, for sure. And, and art, uh, uh, you know, Alan Moore said it really well when he's, you know, mm-hmm. art, art is like, is magic right um just like you said when you're painting something and you stay out of the way of it like stay out of the way of what you're like what is yeah, right news like what's coming through it's a, i mean i write fiction um so for me i felt that when you know i have this general idea of a story in my head and then the characters come to life and they say things i didn't expect right and, and you can't force that, you know, that you can only sit down and start typing and hope that whatever that energy or consciousness is comes into you. And it really is like, you know, channeling or something. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, like you, you when you get out of the way, it, it just happens. And I don't know how it happens. Um, so art for me is like the the primary form of magic and magic is is an art right Um, right. they're inextricable like i can't peel them apart and you look at something like a story that takes hold uh, you know star wars or something Mm -hmm. how did a a story become global worldwide mythology right that's that's magic yeah when a when a movie or an idea or something takes a hold of people's imagination and again it's all like from the imagination to the imagination of others and you there's a story do you know jeffrey kripal uh he's a he's a scholar of uh religion at rice university he talks about the paranormal and magic he's just wrote a book with whitley streber i think oh, cool. um yeah recently um but kripal taught he's got a book about um uh com- and i'm not a huge comics fan but 
you know, most of my friends are. It's just a gap in my nerddom that mm-hmm. never I filled. Right. <laughs> but he, he has a book called uh, Mystics and Mutants, which is about, um, I think it's from that book. And he talks, there's a comic artist. I can't remember who it is now, but I think he was doing, um, uh, a, 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 he was writing a Planet of the Apes comic or something or illustrate. I think he was writing it. And in his comic, or maybe some of the apes or whatever invade this person's house and terrorize him and take his wife hostage or something like that. And as he was writing this, someone, group of people broke into his house. Wow. Terrorized him. And, you know, it's <laughs> like the most extreme example. Yeah. <laughs> um, but damn, man. Or it might be his other book is called Authors of the Impossible. Um, and okay. that, that's a great one too. So it might've been in that one, but that's, you know, when you talk about, you know, creating art and then it manifests in real life, that's why I'm, you know, I'm always kind of like a little careful, you know, <laughs> yeah. about, about the things that I write about, like, you know, do I want to bring this into manifestation? <laughs> um, yeah, but you made me think of that. Uh, I've, I've had it happen with my own art where I, where I've sort of, um, predicted something unintentionally that happened like i don't know five years later four years later wow. a random thing like i remember mm-hmm. the uh um i i had this i had this uh psychedelic vision i took mushrooms mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i and i had this vision of a. have said this before on the podcast of a um uh a, a painting came to me i saw it and it was like a just a portrait like i normally do but and it was like this white guy with a buzz crew cut with the big swastika on his face that was all kind of bloody like carved in no face except a swastika and it was called oh, wow. and the title was nazi face and this and i was huh. like what a weird image i'm not thinking about nazis it was it was before this whole big resurgence in white supremacists mm-hmm. and nazism yeah, and i yeah, just thought yeah. what a random weird thing and it's i just painted huh. the thing and uh and then it was and then i i it didn't feel relevant at the time it just was like hmm. and then and then you know and now and now here we are <laughs> when it's yeah, like right. kanye west and all wow. kinds of you know white supremacists and nazis everywhere i mean it was like years before you know people were talking about punching a nazi and all this stuff mm-hmm. and, but i've had that happen a number of times and i know that uh, alex gray has had that with the Twin Towers. He did a painting. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. it's really, uh, it's a yeah, it's a weird thing. But you have to. I feel like as an artist, you have to. You just have to do the thing. You have to follow it. You you, yeah. you can't like yeah. second guess it and be like, oh, I don't want to put this in the world because I mean that almost stopped me from painting monsters in general when I first started. I wow. was like, am I? doing something negative is this going to be a mm-hmm. negative thing this is you know 20 <laughs> something years ago and um and i was like i have to do it because it's the joseph campbell follow your bliss thing or whatever yeah i know yeah. that this is my bliss so i have to do it even though i'm having all these <laughs> reservations and then it turned out like oh there's all these other people that enjoy it and they get something positive out of it and it's actually a, yeah. and then that's got me down the whole road of this you know idea of dark art being this po- positive force in the world that just yeah. looks negative on the surface. Uh, it's actually the totally the opposite. It's this. Yeah. You know, in, a, in many ways, it's very uplifting and beneficial. And for for that's a whole other topic. But um, 
uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I write horror fiction. Yeah, right? And all the horror people are the nicest people, right? <laughs> yeah, I go to horror writers conventions and they're like the sweetest people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, That's that how it is I, with the dark I've art people. Met. They're all... <laughs> yeah, and it's like, have they just, you know, does, is that a healing process maybe? Right. You know, like seeing the monsters and right. knowing that they're real and... Uh, um, yeah, and your talk about that that vision you had. Um, I, I I have a talk on YouTube. It's uh, it's I think it's called "Keeping the Magic and Magic Mushrooms." Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, I haven't uh, watched that one yet. Oh yeah, watch it's that. Uh, but what it is, it's about like psi phenomena and psychedelics, and that's that was why psychedelics were used by traditional cultures is to see to find something lost to know mm-hmm. what happened to someone to to oh, wow. talk about talk about what's mm-hmm. going to happen in the future it's the core like that's when like gordon wasson went down to oaxaca and met maria sabina he had some mind-blowing stuff that he didn't originally write about mm. like he had he before he met maria sabina who introduced the world to psychedelic psilocybin containing mushrooms um he met with another shaman who told him what his son was doing back in New York, this, you know, indigenous Oaxaca guy who never set foot outside of his village. And Maria Sabina had visions of things that were happening back in Wasson's home. And the early research into psychedelics was full of these stories. But the people, you know, once it became a scientific thing, they started to try to hush this up. Mm-hmm. And even Wasson himself did not want to talk about some of the things, you know, he wow. said, he told his wife, he's like, and, you know, there was a photographer, I think his name was Alan Richardson, that was part of the first couple of Villada, the mushroom ceremonies. And the, your, your story reminded me of that because Richardson saw, he had a vision of a painting of a caballero, a Mexican cowboy, like above a fireplace, mm-hmm. really detailed vision. And a few weeks later, he, he was in Mexico City. He went into someone's house, and that painting was wow. On the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so this is that's the other thing. Like either through psychedelics or dreams. You know, I mm-hmm. encourage everybody to keep a dream journal. If you keep a dream journal long enough, you're like, wait a minute. Like the pat the future is right here. Like something happened just the other day. I looked at my dream journal um from about a week ago and it, one just silly little detail in my dream journal was my wife was making carrot soup mm-hmm. i wake up and i keep my phone next to my bed and i do it i use like evernote and it just like right. auto transcribes so i don't have to sit up and type yeah, it yeah. Just, my eyes closed it just like start <laughs> rambling off you know all the incoherent details all the weird details and i that day, my wife was making carrot soup. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> as, as silly and simple as that is, it, it's it's mind blowing, and it happens. Right. You know? And it, especially if you like, I encourage anyone listening to this: if you just, as soon as you wake up, just write all the silly details. You know, even if they don't don't make a lot of sense, and just every once in a while, go back and read through it, and you start seeing these instances of the fact that you were seeing the future right. in your dreams. Gary Lackman has a, has a new book about dreams and psi phenomena mm. and things like that, which, which is really good as well. Oh yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, once you have that happen enough, 
Yeah. <laughs> you 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 can't be a hardcore materialist anymore. I mean, you just yeah, you just yeah. can't do it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it just smacks you on the face and says, "What are you talking about, man?" You know, yeah, this is, yeah. You're not just a pile of atoms right colliding with each other. There's consciousness. Time is not real as we believe right. it. And the imagination is a creative force that can do all sorts of wild things in your life. And, you know, eventually you just have to adopt a magical belief system. Yeah, the, yeah. There's no other way to explain. Yeah, this yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it just is because it's hap it's that's the, I say that all the time. It's like there's the uh, exactly as you put it, um, it happens. It's it happens so much. It's just it's obvious. It's like it would be foolish to 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 not accept it when it happens exactly. that much yep. it's just like come on okay okay there's just no <laughs> other you know it's real whatever it is we i don't know but it is real because it's happened it's so many times you know yep exactly uh, and that's i guess the bottom line with it is that it's yeah. real you know it's real yeah it and, works. and if it's real <laughs> if it's real and it works like why not try to engage with it right and that's if we live in a magical universe which i have uh, no doubt. Like, I don't, I don't know the mechanism. Like I said, we right. talked about the simulation as a metaphor is a, is a pretty good metaphor that works for me. The information universe is a model that works pretty well for me. Um, but if, it, if, if that, if we do indeed live in a universe that works this way, why not engage with it? You know, right. why not, why not, work with it why not try to make those instances more common um right. why not try why not try to surf those those waves of synchronicity or mm -hmm. or to, you know, why not use a try a divination method and 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 try to understand things a little bit better and maybe find the correct wave to ride versus just you know randomly <laughs> right <laughs> flopping around on your surfboard um <laughs> so you know if, if we live in a magical universe then let's let's engage with it and when you start to engage with it that way it responds mm -hmm. that's the beauty that's when you go oh yeah that's this stuff works yeah I, that's i i i uh i wish every skeptic would just try it's like sigils sigils are the easiest way to, to do something and get a result to test something yeah. because you, you forget yeah. about it. Mm -hmm. uh, th that's part of it is not thinking about it. And if you're not into mm -hmm. this stuff anyway, it's easy to forget at the end. And all, it's, it's easy. It's like anybody yeah. can do it. So yep. I, it's just, the thing is, you know, it happens once and then you can go, Oh, it's a coincidence. And it's like, it happens another time and you can kind of go, well, because the way things happen, I was just talking to somebody the other day where they, uh, they did a they they had a, a a goal and they I don't know if it was a sigil or some other method, but they they ended up getting the result in some roundabout way that they know you know it's the way but I was like that's the way magic works you it, it's like you, yeah. it comes in a weird roundabout way that seems like oh well that just happened because that's you know it's things happen and. You know, people expect like you do magic, uh, say you, you want a new car or something dumb like that. So, mm -hmm. and you do a yeah. sigil, they think that like someone just calls you and goes, You have a new car, or there's a new car out in your front, <laughs> right? Front yard. It, whereas, like, it happens more like you know, in a natural way to where you know, more of a natural way, like 
you get, you know, something happens and you inherit a new car or you get a bunch right. of money and then you see a car on sale or whatever. Like it happens yeah. in, a, in a way that's easy to pass off as just circumstance until right. you do right. it a million yep. times and it keeps working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's there, there are, you know, you have to look at it like asking for the new car is, is a pretty difficult thing for the universe to deliver just like deliver a new car right versus like like um doing magic to maybe get that job that you want right or you you know it's the pathway is a little easier you know it's not harry potter you know you don't wave your wand and something pops up it's more like flexing the probabilities a little bit right yeah that's why i like that that finding the wave thing because there is you know, through these infinite possibilities of where you could go and how you could get there, there's like probably an easier way, you right. know, there's a route. So for me, magic is kind of finding the the easiest route to where you want to get. Right. Um, and that's why, again, it's so for me, it's so important as magic is like a self-development practice because you make yourself the better you improve yourself and your understanding, the more likely you are to find your way to where you want to go. Right. So to me, it's just as much like making myself more conscious, more um, just more able to find that little crack in reality mm-hmm. that, that will get me there more perceptive, right? more understanding of myself, more under, more, understanding how the world works versus just man i'd really love a you know a, a maserati yeah yeah i'm, I'm well, going to do a sigil <laughs> maserati and you they you just sit there and wait you know that's ain't, that's ain't just yeah happen. that's just that's not the way it works either you could yeah. do it you probably could get the maserati you probably, probably you could. could yeah if you did all you know you you know you because part of the what what works with, with magic is you have to like also physically try and try you know yeah, you do yeah, your, you exactly, do the spell right. and then you try to get the thing physically so you're trying to right you know but 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 more importantly you know one thing i learned from from the 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 magic.me classes i took was mm-hmm. uh uh the focus on um discovering your true will finding out who you mm-hmm. really are um mm-hmm. because then you're not you have to know yourself in order to do the best magic. You're, you know, you're, you're off so often, you know, I think people that are new to it, they do uh, magic for frivolous things because they don't mm-hmm. really know what they want because they don't really know mm-hmm. themselves. And so yeah. they're trying to get all these objects to satisfy themselves because they don't, you know, they don't have that um, satisfaction of, of knowing that, you know, Magic is real. God is real. Everything's cool. Mm-hmm. You're part of it. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about. You just play and have fun. <laughs> There's right, like it's like right. a different way of looking at life, you know, as opposed yeah, exactly. to like I need yep. things. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. Part of it is just like kind of overcoming your materialism. It's the same way of people summon up this demon, uh, you know, or entity to go do things for me, and and. and the grimoires, a lot of them are sort of written as, you know, you summon up this entity and you bind it and you make it go out and 
get something for you, you mm-hmm. know, riches or fame or whatever. But to me, if if you do magic to encounter some entity, you know, whatever you believe it to be, the real, you know, the real joy of that is just discovering communion with something else, you know, mm-hmm. something non-corporeal yeah but has a consciousness like so the i'm not that's not my big style of magic really Mm -hmm. um but uh but i've used like the arbitel um which is a grimoire magic it's like these angelic planetary or olympic Mm -hmm. intelligences and um it's for me it's like just opening a line of communication with something that might just be my imagination or it might be a real conscious thing out there, or it might be a combination of both or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. But feeling that, that communion with an entity, like that's the reward. Right. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say, Oh, wow, man, you're, you're, you know, whatever you are, you're pretty amazing. And you obviously have a consciousness and we've got some rapport here. Now will you go off and get me a pile of gold? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> really like that, cool to meet you. Go, go get me something. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> uh, um, but, but the, those those kinds of those kinds of evocations uh, are pretty mind blowing. Like you really can't look at the world the same way when you, you know, you kind of make a connection with something that is clearly real in some sense. Mm-hmm. If it's just something in my brain generating this real consciousness and projecting it or if there are these consciousnesses or out if, there or if those are both the same thing or if it's both somehow, the same thing exactly you know? the the again it's not you know what is true it or real it's what is useful is there right. something useful about that does that expand my world does it make the world a more interesting and wonderful and fascinating and weird place right and, Yes, <laughs> it does. and uh, you know when you, you know, it's like having a psychedelic experience. Like you, you mentioned, it changes your view, your way of looking at the world, and mm-hmm. the same magic does the same thing. It expands your world and makes it, for me at least, a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, that's what I. That I, I've always been a person that does not like being bored. You mm-hmm. know, I, I like to play. I like to experience. I like to read and learn mm-hmm. things and stuff like that. So for me, magic just makes the world much more interesting. It opens it up wider and bigger and more, you know, more full of of consciousness of, of different forms of consciousness. Yeah. More, uh, it's, you know, I, I, I would not, give up this journey for anything. Yeah. You know, it's made my life just so much more full and, and fun and mysterious, sometimes scary. Right. (laughs) You know, Um, but, but that's great. That's, that's life. (laughs) Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I feel like it, um, it, it kind of fulfills the aim of what traditional religions maybe were did back in the day that really Mm -hmm. aren't, aren't, or they still do for some people, you know, that connection with, with some sort of source and the feeling that of hope. And, um, it's, it's, it's cause it's, you know, it's really the same thing. That's especially when it comes to Catholicism. It's like, 
that's magic when you go in there doing a ceremony oh, yeah. with the incense and the reciting the words in latin it's like when you <laughs> that's one thing that tripped me out when i started learning ceremonial magic is how really kind of christianized it was i was oh, surprised yeah. at that yeah which is fine because it's like i've got I, i've never i'm not like i don't have a problem with the word god I just yeah. wasn't raised in a bad where religion was shoved down my throat in a bad way. So I don't have like mm -hmm. a prejudice that I understand mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Um, yeah. And I get it totally. Yeah. Um, I get it too. And, you know, especially a lot of like my pagan and witchy friends, um, you know, they're a lot of them are re rebelling against, you know, like a, a really, um, really difficult christian upbringing yeah you know and, and and i i get that but for me like i rejected like catholic dogma a long time ago but i've can't i've seen scandals and stuff mm -hmm. like that you know um i have a i have a behind me on the wall there's a painting of jesus that my mm -hmm. dad had someone paint him when he was in japan you know an yeah. artist who painted for you know and for me like I'm okay, I'm okay with Christianity. As a matter of fact, I think if Christianity would embrace its magical heritage, that yeah. that could fix a lot of what's wrong with Christ, with with Christianity. Yeah. I mean, it, it reacted so negatively to that. The whole Protestant Reformation was like a rejection of magic and ritual. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's in coptic christians used mad they used amulets mm -hmm. they you know they but they believed in magic jesus you know according to many people was like a magician yeah that's what he was seen as by his contemporary so i don't have any problem with like the core of christianity you know the message yep. it, you know, obviously it's been perverted and it's done a lot of damage and things like that but but it fits within my magical practice oh know? yeah Quite Same easily, mm -hmm. quite easily. And I, I don't think it needs to be outright rejected. Like if it's not your bag, that's cool. Uh, you know, I get right. that. But, but I, I, you know, a lot of the magicians I know, they, they, you know, they might have Hecate on their altar with a, you know, a candle of St. Cyprian or something like that. And that's okay. You know, magic right. has always, like I said earlier, like magic has always been promiscuous. Right. Magic melts down barriers. Like, and um, if anything, I, I feel like if, if, if more Christians started accepting magic and doing magic, it, it would bring some vitality back to, to that strand of, of religion that that's desperately needed. You know, like my wife's Jewish grandmother would light candles, you know, when, when my wife would get on a plane or, mm -hmm. you know, my grandparents had, would, would go and light novena candles and go to church and light the candles for the saints and things like that. So it's still there. I know. Right. You know, and People if do only <laughs> all the time, Yeah, I, I feel like if some of these fundamentalist strands, like they have their own magic, like they have the speaking in tongues right. and, and all that sort of thing. But like, if we could culturally, if Christianity could sort of like accept magic back into it, I think that would heal a lot of like the, the, the terrible shit that we see. <laughs> and especially in fundamentalist, yeah, you know, yeah. fundamentalist Christianity now. Um, so, you know, more magic, that's what I said, bring more magic, everybody do more magic. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, what's, uh... I don't, I don't want to keep you. I know you have somewhere to go. You have to leave. You have to be off like soon, right? 
we have to get yeah, off pretty soon yeah yeah more, okay. more like my bladder is probably um, <laughs> moving in that direction of me okay i'm having a great time I know. Like, I, I, it's so much fun there's too much to talk about so we'll just have to yeah. schedule another yeah, interview in the near future because yeah, we didn't even get into buying the buying trump thing which uh, i wanted to ask yeah, you about yeah. i mean it's so much um I, I i guess what i wanted to say to add to what you were saying real real quick was um the the uh i think that's why you know this started off as an artist well actually no <laughs> it started out as a podcast with a, a friend of mine and i mike corral and we talked about dark art primarily because we were trying to form a, a way uh, for dark artists to kind of galvanize around a concept. And because we discovered there's a lot of us out there and we're not, we're all separated. And so I was trying to like, you know, bring them together somehow mm -hmm. and realize that we're not, you know, there's, there's a lot of us. Uh, but, but the magic stuff came in, the magic talk came in just because Mike and I were in, into it. We're, we, pra mm -hmm. we practice and so mm -hmm. we talk mm -hmm. about it because we talk about stuff we're interested in so uh, at this point the podcast has become artist interviews because mike had to leave the podcast uh, a few years ago and mm -hmm. so i just started interviewing dark artists but all kinds of artists so mm -hmm. and now i'm oops and now i'm, I'm doing artist interviews primarily but also mm -hmm. magic interviews mm -hmm. of people like i've had mitch on I've had you mm -hmm. on, I've had Jason mm -hmm. on, and it's mm -hmm. like, and I feel like um, it's going a little more in that direction, which I think is cool. I love that. Mm -hmm. But, but um, I think I was the long, <laughs> that was a long, long way of saying, uh, I think maybe because artists are already doing magic when they create art, that it's probably easier for them to understand the magical concepts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more of yeah. a, uh, an yeah. audience that's maybe a little more open than the average person. Sure. Totally, you know? totally and absolutely agree. Um, um, my, you know, writing for me is my primary art, you know, mm -hmm. I've because uh, I've always been a reader. Um, I've always loved visual arts and I kind of dabble, but writing in it. I remember um, Stephen King was like, I was so into Stephen King. Mm -hmm um really inspired me to like be a writer and i've read his book on writing yeah that's such a great book uh, it's amazing oh man and but he there's an there's a, a little excerpt in that book that i mean kind of like you know reading alan watts just kind of exploded in my mind and i was never the same when he talks about writing being like a form of telepathy mm -hmm. yeah and he says here i am writing this you know and he's like and i, I and Right now, there's a rabbit, and it's in a, a little white rabbit. It's in a cage, and it has the number eight painted on its head. You know, and and he said, "You see that rabbit now? Like, I'm years from you in the past, probably. Right. <laughs> by the time you're reading this. I don't know where you are physically, but I just like I made a vision happen in your head by these little squiggles on a piece of paper. And he's like, if that's not telepathy, right? Like what is, you know, that's consciousness to consciousness, like creating something from in my mind and then it's sending it into your mind through time and space. Right. You know? And, and, uh, and I just remember reading that and I, I, I just, 
having you know i'd already sort of been writing stor- short stories and things like that i just sat down and went holy shit yeah <laughs> like that's incredible yeah. you know? and, that's, and as a visual artist you're doing the same thing right you know? you're that that painting comes alive when i look at one of your paintings and whatever that you know evokes in me but that you know you were where you were at the time when you yeah. were making it you know listening to that podcast or something right and but yet what you created has come alive in my consciousness and it goes back to like you know that alan moore like art is magic artists are like the most brilliant magicians and yeah what uh, a, you know, so 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 it's like the, the the i guess one way to look at it you know is that artists or i don't know what creators you know, maybe is a better yeah. term because it's like yeah. artists, writers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Create yep. creators are mm-hmm. are um, they're kind of the accepted magicians of the culture. You know what I mean? Because they're yeah, yeah. Because they're not. Because, but if it's a, it's almost like people. I would people should look at regular reality in a more magical way. It's already magical. It's yeah. already magic. Magic's happening all around. And I think that would go a long way to just kind of making everything better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, look at the era we're living in. Like, you know, in the 70s, I was into monsters and mm-hmm. fantasy and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. And it was kind of niche and mm-hmm. nerdy and weird. And, you know, people people thought we were kind of crazy, but look what we did I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Isn't it crazy what we did you know like my kids it's they're swimming in a sea of like fantasy and yeah. science fiction stuff like that it's not weird it's not niche it's not it, it's it's who we are now like right. and the nerds have won you know the geeks <laughs> the geeks have taken over the world comic books and comic movies you know it's 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 mind blowing. Yeah. And that's that's magic. You know, the fact that we've taken these worlds that didn't exist and they're real to all of us. Yeah. Now. It's so almost it's, by, you know, like like by by looking at the comics and reading the books and having it all in our consciousness, we were manifesting it. We were setting laying the foundation. Things were man- manifesting to where we are today. That's a bad way of putting it, but you know what I'm saying? No, it's like, it's, it's we totally, manifested yeah, yep. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All over the like, world, like it was a big yeah. magic ritual, right? Right? Way. Right? Yeah, and that gives me hope. You know, yeah. with the, like you know, we're talking about the rise of you know white supremacism and neo Nazis. As much as those regressive things are happening, I feel like there's real progress towards culturally. Uh, you know, this expansion of what we know can be real. You know, these other worlds that are becoming real to us this acceptance of the imagination and the power of the imagination so for as much as i see the the terrible things that are happening and the threats that we're facing and you know like environmental Mm -hmm, catastrophe at the same time there's been like an awakening of the cultural imagination that is there's a really beautiful thing you know if we can only fix the bad things i think (laughs) you know as a as a speech species were like moving in really incredible directions so yeah fingers, fingers crossed yes <laughs> <laughs> well i always look at it like you know it's it's a story like like imagine reality is the most amazing story that you're reading and it's got to have 
an amazing ending, you know, and usually an amazing ending is like you get right on the brink of destruction and then the hero comes in and turns everything around at the last minute. So it's like, exactly. I'm thinking that's the, that's the, that's the good ending that we're going to get is like, yeah, we're gonna get you, a... need, you need, you need bad villains, you know, right, I mean, you right. can have a good story without them. <laughs> yeah. They're valuable. Villain. Yeah impossible yep. and man we have those in spades right yeah. now um you know for sure so yeah i like that heroic arc idea and i, I really hope that's you know that's where we're heading <laughs> yes we well, i think we are well this is a good perfect place to end it so okay cool. can, can you um tell tell everyone about uh where they can find i'll, I'll put everything in the text okay. But if you awesome. can tell people where to find your tarot Appreciate course and all this yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Um, my all my courses are under the um, theartofmagicalliving.com. Okay. Um, and it's just what it is. It's like I'm building a series of courses that allow people to engage with life magically. The foundation is the tarot course. Uh, which is the art and magic of the tarot foundations course, which, like it says, is like let's learn about tarot. Let's, as you know, it's history, yeah. it's practice, it's theory, it's everything. Um, so it, I really encourage anyone who's into tarot, even if you think you've read for a while, I think it's really helpful. And I appreciate your, you know, you're enjoying it and oh, finding yeah. it helpful yourself. I can vouch um, for it for sure. But it's really a foundation course. The next course that I'm really excited about is tarot and magic. And that is how to use tarot as a basis for like a self-contained magical. Yeah, practice. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's going to be really fun. One. It's stuff I've been like working with, playing with for years, and I really feel like it's really coming, you know, into its own as a course. So I'm very excited to roll that out. Cool. Um, and yeah, so that's coming in the spring. Um, and I also, my, um, uh, if, if you like this kind of stuff, I have a newsletter, so it's the easiest way for me to engage, especially with social media melting down all right. over the place. And who knows, you know, if we'll True. all be on Mastodon or, <laughs> you know, post or whatever the hell Twitter, you know, turns into, you know, some alt-right horrorscape um <laughs> so really the easiest way and i feel like we're all going to be getting back to that it's like you know email right communicate with each other is that's the one thing that hasn't gone away so right. i have a mailing list so you can go to the art of magical living.com you can go to michaelmhughes.com and sign up there that's more of like my books and things if you like horror you know i've written a trilogy that is all about yeah magic. i can't i gotta read oh, i and can't wait i gotta read supernatural that. and conspiracies and psychedelics and all the oh, weird i can't shit wait i'm gonna get it we like to talk about um, <laughs> so so Perfect. yeah you can find me there but what i wanted to say is um i'm doing a holiday special and it will be live by the time this goes live and that is um the the tarot fundamentals course um tarot foundations i always say fundamentals foundations but the the, the main tarot course I'm going to be offering like a two for one sort of thing for that. So like for people who might want to take it with a friend. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So Damn. We'll, we'll buy one. I know. I had a I friend know, of mine sorry. who was like, who wanted to do oh, it. Yeah. We'll get that anyway. friend to find yes. a friend, right? Yeah. Um, and the That's thing so about funny. this course, it comes with like this community thing and the platform that I'm using is really upgrading the community a lot. So mm. um, that's going to, 
So in January, the community software behind the course will be much more robust. So like people, you'll be able to just like connect with someone and do a, do a quick practice reading with them cool. and things like that within yeah. the app without like zoom and without having to pull in this other stuff. So I'm really excited about the community aspect of it too, for people who like that. Obviously some of us are like loners and you know, we just right. want to take the course <laughs> and that's great too, but it will come with this community thing. And the goal I'm, I'm hoping is to just like, you know, bring simple magical practices to people that they can then build on like mm -hmm. build that build that tarot foundation and then you know because like i said before tarot is the gateway drug to magic it really is what like it, it it's once you start reading tarot once you begin working with tarot you can't help but start believing in magic right. and it's just <laughs> a you, you and it just makes you want to engage so um so yeah that's where you can find all my stuff um, you can also, you know, I always tell people email me, you know, questions, stuff like that. Cause as you could tell with our conversation, I just love talking about this yeah. stuff. <laughs> cool. Um, so, um, and you know, thank you for having me on. It's been great. Like, I feel like, you know, we lived very similar yeah. lives up to this point, you know, <laughs> your dark art went towards painting and mine went towards writing, but you right. know, we, we we were on the same path. Yeah, for know, sure. Geographically it's, different. It really feels that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a writer as well, but it's like I wasn't. I was I a better to be an artist. Better, yeah, yeah. I was a better, better at visual art than I was at writing. A lot yeah. better. And I wasn't that great at writing. So it's like <laughs> so funny, so funny. Well, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I um, uh, can't speak highly enough of your course. I encourage everybody wow. that listens to take it. It's great. Um. Uh, I, I just, I love it. It's great. Super fun. And cool. I, I'm looking forward to the, the next parts of it. And also, um, I definitely would like to have you come on again. Cause like I said, we didn't cover a lot of stuff I wanted to ask you about. Mm -hmm. So if you're down for that, we'll, we could do that. Um, I am, I'm, I would love to do that. Excellent. I feel like, I feel like we could go down many, many roads. <laughs> cool. Can't wait. All right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay, don't hang up, and then we're just going to okay, cool. do our final yeah. thing. We just have to say okay. go goodbye to the audience. So just say goodbye, okay. audience, however you want. Just Okay. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> See you later, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, damn, you froze right, right in the oh, middle shit. of it. <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay, I'll try it again. Okay. Bye, audience. Um... <laughs> Bye, audience. Thanks for joining us on this wild, wacky, and very fun conversation. Yes. Thank you, everybody.